Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there, Hawkeye fans, and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe, and we're recording on Tuesday, June the 20th, 916 a.m. Central Time. This month is going very quickly. Uh, I was out of town last week for uh, Daughters Volleyball tournament and uh that was uh that took a lot out of me and took a lot out of uh getting work done this month but um not a lot going on right now uh in terms of you know things to discuss this is a slow month in june uh you know baseball's over pretty much all the 22 23 sports are done with now and we turn our attention to look ahead, and that's really what we're talking about now is previewing, you know, what the what the Hawkeye teams are going to look like in 23 and 24. Uh, big time for recru- recruiting this month, uh, particularly this past weekend where it was the Iowa Hawkeye recruiting tailgater. And for those that don't know, basically what that is is it's an invite weekend usually just one day i think it was saturday this year where uh prospects come in uh and these prospects have uh more than one year of high school left so it's not the kids going into their senior class it's everybody else and uh particularly kids that will be juniors this coming year so class of 2025 and iowa had uh a nice collection of of uh talent on hand uh saturday uh there's been uh if you follow me on twitter which is where you send the questions in for this podcast so uh there's a good chance you do or at least pay attention to what's going on on my timeline in terms of posting content and i appreciate you guys consuming that but um rolling out some stories here i'll retweet some other stories uh from Hawk Fanatic that come out for recruiting. And then also we'll have uh, recruiting stories for the other website that I work for. Um, I'm a freelancer, basically a uh, independent contractor. Uh, I 
produce content. I tell my kids that if I don't work, I don't get paid because I get paid by the piece, uh, whether that be a podcast, a photo gallery, stories, um, would have video, uh, whatever platform I'm on, I'd have to do something. Uh, we do get Iowa football players tomorrow, Wednesday, June the 21st at 11 a.m. Central Time. I'm not sure who will be available, but it'd be nice to talk to those guys after they've uh, gotten into uh, started their uh, summer strength and conditioning program this month as the true freshman arrived a few weeks ago. So it will be fun to get uh, talk to some guys about uh, – you know, how that's been going and how things are progressing so far along this summer. As I said, it's June 20th. It's not that long. I think uh, in about a month we'll be in Chicago, or not Chicago, Indianapolis this year for the Big Ten uh, football media days. Iowa goes on that first day this year. I, I apologize. I don't have the dates right in front of me. Sorry, that was a coffee sip. A long one, too. It's still... uh Still trying to wake up here, but uh, along that recruiting theme again, this weekend is uh, Iowa's big official visit weekend, and those are for kids in the 2024 class, kids that will be seniors this year. Uh, Most of, I think most if not all of the uh, 24 verbal commitments will be here for their official visits. Um, and you can go down that list. On3 has a good list, 247, Rivals. They all, if you go to their rec- football recruiting tabs on those sites and then click the visit drop down from the drop-down menu, you'll see most of them have a pretty good list. I'm on On3 right now as I as I read through here. And um, some of the the non-committed, now, again, the committed kids are really important and they're still till they sign in December, you need to continue to recruit them and build the relationship um, and make sure that they're, they feel secure and comfortable with their commitment uh, with this day and age of uh, the transfer portal and NIL and all that other stuff. You have to continue to do that. And that's important and it's good. I mean, you should continue to build relationships once you get a commitment from a recruit and work hard to keep that recruit. But you know, guys like Cody Fox and Derek Weiskopf and Cam Buffington, uh, the in-state guys. James Reeser uh, will be here, uh, the quarterback from Jacksonville. Um, uh, and, you know, Drew Campbell, pretty much everybody. But I'll go through some of the guys that are not committed that will be here on official visits just to kind of give uh, a little padding to this podcast. We don't have many questions. This isn't going to be very long. That's the nature of June uh, when we are covering college athletics. Uh, but Eric Carner, uh, is from Immaculate Conception in Illinois. Uh, one of the assistant coaches there is Matt Bowen. And I was hit that school pretty hard. Matt Bowen, former Hawkeye, former, former NFL safety. Uh, but I was hit that school pretty hard. Uh, in this class, the 24 and 25, they're, they've offered several kids in those classes. And, uh, Eric is a um, a really good tight end. He's a three-star. He's a four-star on on three, three-star on – he's a four-star on Rivals and on three and a three-star on 247 and ESPN. He's 6'5", 220. Um, he has offers from Iowa, Michigan State, Florida, Texas A&M, Alabama, 
Um, those are offers that he's reported. So obviously a uh, an important piece if they could get him in this class. For some reason, it's not letting me go back here. I'll try to go through again here. I don't bog you guys down too much here with this. Uh, you can find this stuff online. Another big one is Joseph Anderson from Westminster Christian Academy in St. Louis. Uh, he is um, the they have these mechanisms and machines here on these websites to kind of have predictions on where these kids are going to go. Uh, this has him predicted to uh, Nebraska pretty solidly. He is a six five, two hundred and ten pound edge rusher from St. Louis, uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State. Um, those are some of the schools on his list. I think he may have, and maybe a different guy. I thought I saw some, one of those guys visit Maryland recently. It may have been him. It may not have been him. But anyway, Gavin Hoffman, a recent offeree, uh, tight end from Blue Valley Northwest in Overlooking Park, Kansas. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to get away from Missouri. Uh, he likes them quite a bit, and he is uh, three stars on on three and two, four, seven uh, offers from Missouri, Iowa, Arizona, Tennessee, Arkansas, to name a few. Uh, so he will be in here on his official visit this weekend. Uh, moving along to the, for the uncommitted guys, uh, Chima Chinike, uh, 6'5", 230-pound pound edge from Plano East in Texas. And uh, looks like Texas Tech, Iowa, Kansas, Vanderbilt, Oklahoma State are some of the schools involved with him. Um, moving along here. Sorry. This is kind of a tedious process, but I have to go back and forth. Um, Xavier Lucas, who is from Dillard in Fort Lauderdale, and he is a 6'1", 170-pound safety, uh, big, big 10 schools after him, uh, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, also reports offers from Auburn and Alabama. It is good to remember that, uh, sometimes these offers, uh, that are posted on here are, um, still committable and sometimes, some of the blue bloods offer fill up and then that offer is no longer there. And there's really no way for us to know that unless you go through every single kid. Um, Reese Vanderzee, which is an interesting one. He is an in-state wide receiver, six five one ninety from uh, rock Rapids central lion uh, up in Northwest Iowa. He is uh, here on his official visit as well. Uh, it looks like Iowa. I talked to him last week. I think it's Iowa and Iowa State for Reese. Um, so I think he officially, he's already officially visited Iowa State. This is Iowa, um, his Iowa week. And then we'll kind of see where things go from there. I don't expect his recruitment to run out too long. He knows the two schools that he's interested in. Uh, he also had offers from, uh, he had a good offer list. I'll pull that up for you. Um, Nebraska offered him as well, uh, South Dakota State, Northern Illinois, um, but he's kind of focused on the two in-state schools, which makes a whole lot of sense for an in-state guy. I got to tell you, on three, your ability to move back and forth on your website is kind of wonky. 
KJ Parker. He's a 5'11, 165-pound athlete from Immaculate Conception, that school uh that is all that also has tight end Eric Carner. So two kids from that school on official visits this week, and that is Matt Bowens, where he is an assistant coach there. Um but uh, things looking good with K.J. Parker, uh, Cincinnati also very involved with him. Uh, Charlie Becker from Nashville, Tennessee, is a wide receiver, 6'3", 198, from Father Ryan High School. Um, he has visited here already unofficially. He is back for his official visit this weekend, which is interesting. And uh, that could be a Big Ten battle between Iowa and Northwestern for him. Um, also Jalen Watson, a wide receiver from Toledo, Ohio, Central Catholic High School, 5'10", 160. That is Fred Russell, former Iowa running back, two-time 1,000-yard rusher in a season, Fred Russell from the early 2000s. That is his nephew. Um, did some story, did, I've done stories on him as well. Um, Sage Clogus, I've written about him. He is from... Uh, St. Thomas More in Connecticut, originally from Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, another big wide receiver, 6'4", 175. Uh, good offer list for him. Uh, could be Iowa, could be Penn State. We'll see with that. Um, and then Rashad Goffrey from Armwood, Stefner, Florida. Uh, he is a safety, 6'1", 185, uh, Iowa, South Florida, other schools involved with him. If you remember Antoine Allen, again, an early 2000s cornerback, uh, was from our Sefner Armwood High School. Uh, and then Graham Eben is from Central Lions Rock Rapids. Uh, he is teammates with Reese Vanderzee, and uh, they will be in here together. And Graham has a preferred walk-on offer at this point from Iowa. Uh, he is also a safety uh, he's a guy I think that could move into uh, a regular offer at some point. He holds offers from South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Eastern Michigan, Northern Iowa. So uh, some interesting uh, l- smaller school offers for him, uh, but he could be in that group of guys that like in the 23 class that had other offers, FCS and smaller FBS school offers that chose to walk on at Iowa. So Iowa's done a good job of being able to do that. So there's kind of your list, uh, your preview. We'll talk more about this Thursday on the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast with Scott Docterman. Uh, jump into your questions here. As I said, there's only a couple here, and that's fine. We don't need to run this uh, podcast long. There's just not a ton to talk about right now. Things will ramp up here uh, in the next few weeks as we get into July and get closer to the football season and start to really diagnose what uh, what we think is going to happen and then, you know, inevitably be wrong <laughs> about those predictions uh, and outlook. So uh, it's an annual uh, it's, it's an annual exercise in futility, if you will. Uh, 44M less at 44M less. And this is from June 18th, which was what, Sunday? Hope you had a great Father's Day. Rob, I hope you had a great Father's Day. I did. I appreciate that. We went out for lunch at a local barbecue place that doesn't advertise, so I won't name their name. But uh, went out there and 
had some had a nice lunch and kind of just took it easy most of the day watched the end of the US Open um was wondering if I would continue to watch golf but uh I guess the majors I'll continue to watch I never really watched the other tournaments pretty much only a major golf tennis uh viewer if you will but uh did have a great father's day I hope you did too less um as a father it's been a learning experience, but I've enjoyed every minute of it and wouldn't trade it for the world. Agree. Totally agree. Uh, and the time does go fast. They tell you that, but you don't realize it until it's gone fast. <laughs> and you're like, well, uh, weren't we just, uh, you know, going to the library and the children's museum and all that other stuff, trick or treat, uh, all that stuff ends at some point. So enjoy it now for younger parents. I was wondering with the new TV deals coming up, would the NCAA consider starting the football season earlier? I think there's a chance of doing that. The one thing that may prevent that less is the expanded playoffs. You're adding games on towards the end of the season. Um, I guess you could build in more bye weeks to be able to do that and stretch it out and have, you know, some marquee games every weekend, but then also allow teams recovery time and bye weeks. Uh, but when you're talking, you know, a 12 team playoff, that's quite a few teams that have that potential to play extra games, especially if you're talking after conference championship games and you you can only go. So you can only put so many miles on uh, college football players. Um, you know, it's whatever is fair and, um, they love to play and they love to play games, but you got to be reasonable with that too. You don't want to get them to get up to playing, you know, 16, 17 game schedule, which I, I think is possible. You know, you play 12 regular season, then you would play like a conference championship game would take you to 13 and then the potential to what play three playoff games. Is that right? Yeah. You would have the potential to play three playoff games, which puts you at 16. That's a lot of games for a college football player. So I think they would be cognizant of that, but I think the way to maybe satisfy what you would like, and I would like it, which is, you know, football earlier in August, uh, cause we're all jonesing at that point. Uh, now that, uh, you know, we've had a summer of baseball and most of our baseball teams suck and are out of it. So we're looking towards football season and, uh, yeah, if you could build in some more bye weeks, uh, and work that out throughout the, you know, the power five conferences. Uh, I think you could do that. I think you could expand the season a little bit longer, uh, give, you know, bacon, maybe a couple bye weeks every year. So yeah, that might be, might work for you. Um, this is probably a excellent time to take our break. And uh, I want to let folks know that support for the podcast comes from systems unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa, a list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is sui.org, Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of doing great work here in East Central Iowa. We appreciate the work that they do and the support for this podcast that allows us to bring it to you free every week as long as well as all the other podcasts here on the hawk fanatic feed uh most weeks regularly uh we have uh fresh hawkeye centric podcast monday through friday on the feed the monday wednesday and friday is the flagship podcast with pat hardy and the gang from kcjj tuesdays are the mailbag podcast which you are listening to now and then thursdays are 
the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast with Scott Docterman from The Athletic and yours truly. Those are our, that's our regular schedule. Sometimes it gets shifted around. Scott and I did a podcast yesterday uh, because we couldn't get to one last week. And that was my fault because I was away and the hotel Wi-Fi sucked and I couldn't do a podcast and I got busy anyway. So sometimes you have to you move them around. We've also got quite a few prospect podcasts that are currently on the feed that have been done or, or been recorded recently with kids coming in in the 23 class, kids that are here now. Um, and we're going to start to do some more of the 24 class, uh, some kids that maybe aren't committed, uh, but Iowa is a, a key player in their recruitment. We'll definitely uh, keep rolling on the prospect podcasts um, throughout the rest of the summer. It's it's harder to do those once you get to the football season because the kids are in season and we're in season and everybody's busy and it's hard to do it. This is a good time of year to do it. So check out the feed for that as well. Okay. Thanks for that. Allowing me to do the PSA there uh, for this podcast. Again, hashtag HF mail anytime during the week, throw that out there, throw it my way. And I will go back to where I left off the previous week and pick up and answer your questions or uh, comment on your comments, however you want to do it. But okay. There's a, those are all the announcements. Let's hear from a few more sponsors and I'll be back on the other side with a couple more of your questions and wrap it up for the week. Thanks. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Hi, this is AJ Perez, managing partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. We're back on the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. Thank you to our sponsors. We really appreciate their support and allows us to bring you these free of charge. No Patreon, none of that stuff. All of our podcast content is free uh, to you guys. Whenever we're done, we uh, upload it. You can find it on all your platforms and download it to your device. Um, Check it out each week, each day during the week, help you get through your work week. Uh, Steve Smith at SS Smith 5831. What's the latest on any of any on the gambling scandal? It's talking with somebody in the uh, coworker, not a coworker, um, a fellow Iowa media member. And uh, we were talking about how it's kind of really, there hasn't been any information since we learned that the investigation was going on and who, um, what sports were involved from Iowa and Iowa State. And um, I think that was uh, early May. So now we're going on, you know, almost two months now of this investigation. And at some point, I think they have to just, you know, 
you know, as we get through to this part, and we're getting closer to football season, and there are football season football players involved and basketball players and wrestlers as they're working through their summers, they should know what uh, is going on for them this this upcoming uh, academic year in twenty three twenty four. They should, you know. I don't know how much more you need to investigate on this, but I'm also not involved in the investigation. And I know we get impatient. We want them to get it right. It's probably some gray area here as well. They're going to go through the process. We're going to learn about it, maybe. But I don't think it's one of those things where everything's going to be exposed and everybody's going to know what everybody else is doing, uh, has done. It could be There could be gray area there, and that could mean – we don't really know uh, other than, you know, maybe going to a football game or going to a basketball game or a wrestling meet and somebody's not available and there's no sign of it being injury. Then you connect the dots. But this isn't a situation where I think this stuff is going to be announced. I think it is. Um, who knows? Maybe things have already been wrapped up and the universities just haven't announced anything and their hands could be tied, too. Uh, by privacy laws on what can and can't be announced. It's uh, it's a shame for the baseball players. You know, I think Keaton Anthony is obviously the most recognizable uh, player on baseball who was sidelined by this gambling investigation. And uh, I think he missed, you know, upwards of high teens uh, in terms of games missed. So over 25% of his season, uh, that's a lot. So, um, but again, these guys and gals and whoever it is knew um, the rules and, you know, whether the rules are fair or equitable, uh, that's a story for another day, a discussion for another day. Uh, you know, you can't do something and you do it and you get caught. I've used this on this podcast and the uh, hotspot podcast as well. It's kind of like when you're driving down the highway and you speed. You know you're breaking the law, but you do it anyway. If you get caught, that's not the that's not the authority's uh, responsibility. That's your responsibility. You chose to speed, and you got caught, and then you deal with the consequences from that. Similar with gambling. You knew that you weren't supposed to gamble. You did it anyway. You got caught, um, and now you have to wait for what the consequences are. And hopefully, we find out sooner than later. But we really haven't. This hasn't been a story that like we've reported on you know, every week, every other week with new details. There really haven't been any details since the beginning, I think. And I kind of anticipated that, that it would be, okay, we're investigating, we'll investigate, and then maybe at the end of the investigation, we'll get names and information, and maybe even what, uh, you know, what what was gambled on what and who, and that's important as well, obviously. But um I, I, I'm not surprised at all. We don't have information on this. I think it's going to be, if we get anything, it's going to be at the conclusion of the investigation, uh, whenever that may be. So apologize, Steve. I can't give you anything. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of people and nobody really knows. I mean, at the end of the baseball season, which was weeks ago now, uh, before they even went to the Big Ten tournament, uh, Rick Heller, the Iowa baseball coach was saying he had talked to, uh, administrators at Iowa, athletic administrators at Iowa that indicated it looked like things were wrapping up, you know, that's weeks ago. And so maybe it did wrap up and nothing's out there publicly. Uh, I'm, I'm sure 
there are news organizations that FOIA'd the information, but again, a lot of that stuff could be protected, uh, you know, with privacy laws and things like that. So um, nothing really new on that gambling situation. Um, we'll find out. Uh, I think we'll find out uh, when we find out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating in a way, but also uh, it's also out of our hands. So nothing to really um, get, you know, wound up about. You just kind of have to wait now. And there's nobody missing co- contests right now. And hopefully by the time we get to competition again uh, in August and September and on, there is a conclusion and everything's been taken care of and uh, everybody's been made aware of the findings and everybody that's involved. I don't, again, publicly, I don't know. So that is that coffee sip. This is also from 44M less, and this is from. June 18th, so Sunday as well. I think we can all agree that earning a Division I scholarship is a tremendous achievement. Nevertheless, it doesn't guarantee playing time. And I was wondering if incoming freshmen struggle with the realization that my teammates are just as good as me, if not better. Thoughts? I think there's, um, I think there can be that uh, reaction, Less, I think, you know, it, it and I, I do these you know, the prospect podcast and interview these kids quite a bit before they get here. Uh, Maybe not quite a bit, but most of them, I should say quite a bit, meaning a lot of interviews with different kids and you get a sense kind of what their mindset is coming in here. Um, Some are very confident and feel like they should be able to play right away. And maybe they get disappointed. Um, It all depends on your perspective and your sense of reality. Um, for the most part, um, and it's an inexact science for the coaches, they want to put the best players on the field that give them a chance to win, that give the team, the program, the all the players the best chance to succeed. Doesn't always happen, isn't always the right choice. Things are often close, uh, and you have to make a call there. Um, but for the most part, if you're choosing – players that don't deserve to be on the field or the court or whatever the case may be. Uh, and the other players in the locker room see that, that there is just, it, it's in it, the, you know, it's, it's unfair that how people are, you know, the guy, how student athletes are being chosen to play. You usually know when you go to practice and anybody who's, you know, played it at, you know, high school, college, whatever, uh, maybe not youth sports as much because everybody's, shouldn't say everybody there are a lot of people there with a false sense of reality but um those of us that played sports in high school you usually know who the best players are and who deserves to play and now again there's gray area and nuance to all that but for the most part we know who should play and I, and that plays especially in a you know a power five football locker room that if you're playing guys that don't look like they should be playing in practice over guys that are performing better in practice, that's when you start to get a divided and, you know, fragmented locker room. So I think most of the guys coming in have an idea or a sense of what they're getting into, at least on the surface level um, and where they fit in. Like uh, uh, Leighton Jones, uh, 
who I think is going to play center. He's definitely an interior offensive lineman from Brownsburg, Indiana. I did a prospect podcast with him. He pretty much knows he's going to redshirt this year. Um, Trevor Lauk, uh, who's also from that area. Brownsburg is outside of Indianapolis. Trevor is from Indianapolis. He wants to try to get in the rotation and play right away. So those are two, two examples of guys with different, you know, viewpoints of going into the, but you go in with whatever expectations you have, but understand that those may not be met and may be altered based on reality when you get here. Um, and then there's those other, there are those other factors out of your hands, like uh, transfers and injuries and things like that, maybe at your position that push you up the depth chart earlier where it doesn't look like it. That's always what we talk about is like path to playing time. What is your path to playing time? And if you get to that point where you're here three, four years and you're not seeing a path to playing time, then we get to those decisions of, you know, do I hop, do I hop to a, a different program and get in the transfer portal? We saw that with Reggie Bracey. Uh, recruit out of Georgia, came here, helped on special teams, was trying to work his way in at safety. Didn't happen. Wonkba comes in. Uh, he gets beat out. He's kind of just hovering there uh, on the depth chart and, or, you know, on or just off the depth chart. And he decided he wanted to go somewhere else. You look at guys like, uh, you know, Dallas Craddith. He stayed all the way through same position, safety, played special teams, was a really good contributor on special teams. And now he's at Kent State for his graduate year, uh, his COVID year. Uh, but he graduated from Iowa, played five years here. It's it's all depending on the individual um, and what he wants out of his college career and what he's happy with. Um, it would be easy for us – you just say, hey, you're not playing after three or four years. You should probably move on. Devonta Young didn't want to do that. He wanted to finish at Iowa, and he was willing to switch from wide receiver to defensive back, never really played on offense or defense, but was a really important special teams contributor. Obviously, the big play at Iowa State in 2019. Um you know, so a lot of different stories, a lot of different players. You're talking about over a hundred guys on the team every year, uh, a lot of different perspectives. It's really up to the inv- individual less. Um, but I'm sure there are kids that come in with unrealistic es- expectations. Um, and those may be the kids that end up moving on quickly and getting out of here quickly. So just kind of, uh, some thoughts on that. Good question though. Uh, we'll wrap it up with Jesse Lucier, uh, at Jesse underscore Lucier on Twitter. Um, what's your knowledge of any quality centers still in the portal for women's basketball? And do you think men, the men are done in the portal? I do think the men are done in the portal. I mean, you never close the door, but like I said, we're getting to July now. Um, maybe you add a piece. There is an open scholarship, but um, I, I think Iowa's roster is one now, unless you get a transfer that really can make a difference. I don't know. I don't know as you want to just add another piece to add another piece. So I would say they're probably done. I probably think the women are done. Um, I was looking through just kind of some uh, transfers within the Big Ten women's basketball, and you look at uh, NC State lost three players to the Big Ten. This offseason, 
Jakia Brown Turner, a six foot forward who averaged 9.1 points and 3.9 rebounds a game last year at NC State, is going to Maryland. Sophia Hart, 6'5 center, who was a sophomore, two points in five games last year, two points per game in five games last year, is headed to Minnesota. And Camille Hobby, another center, 6'3 center, who's a senior who averaged 8.8 and 4.2 last year, is headed to Illinois. So a lot of I was flipping through the list. A lot of the women that went in the transfer portal are already out um, and spoken for. I don't see a lot in there. I, I just maybe uh, for some from some lower programs, you can pull somebody up. But I think at this point, the Iowa women would have identified who they would take and add. Uh, and I'm going to trust um, Jan Jensen uh, and her ability to develop players to figure it out with you know, is it Sharon Good Sharon Goodman, um, Addison O'Grady, uh, you know, and, and the centers that are on the roster. Um, and I think we've become accustomed to seeing a center dominate and be a huge focal point of what Iowa is doing. And I think you can do that to a degree with the centers you have, but maybe some of the scoring responsibility and rebounding responsibility shifts a little bit. Maybe you're playing Hannah Stolke at that four spot. She is a lot different um, than McKenna Warnock. She's more of a power forward and she's going to help you rebounding wise and, and scoring on the interior. So maybe your center is more of a high post passer to her in the low post um, and you run it that way. So I think that's kind of, I haven't had a chance to talk to Lisa or Jan about it, but I, I would not be surprised if that's the approach uh, to have a center that's more of a screener, passer, opportunistic scorer and put more um, emphasis on the four spot with Hannah Stolke to score more and rebound more maybe than McKenna Warnock, who had her certainly had her, her, uh, you know, contributions were were plentiful were many when she was at Iowa and as a different player at that four spot so yeah that's what I got on that so yeah I don't have any names and I'm not sure that um, either the men or the women are positioned to add much more now but you never say never the transfer portal uh, it never sleeps kind of like (laughs) kind of like us right Uh, we get older whatever Uh, and you know what I'm going to take a coffee sip because I can All right, folks. Well, I think that does it for the week. Uh, I managed to stretch this out longer than I thought I would be able to just by babbling. Uh, But hopefully you enjoyed the Hawkeye talk that we had. Uh, Really appreciate the folks that did take the time to send in questions. Really appreciate everybody for listening and especially appreciate our sponsors for helping us to bring you these podcasts free of charge. Thanks again for listening, folks. Have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.